This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. Welcome to the car show on BFM. My name is Ali Johan and tonight with me and Mr. Daniel Fernandez. Thank you, Ali. Last week was also a two-man show, me and Richard, and then you were missing. Yeah, so it's just the two of us tonight, and we're going to take you through some major headlines in the local automotive market. Also, got a test drive out of the iX, Daniel? Yes, uh, this is the, the 50 Sport, which is the high spec, just before they reach the M version. Before that, we also have top picks, I guess, for premium electric SUVs that you can check out. But first, we're going to go through some news headlines. So first local launch is the Great Wall Motors pickup truck called the Canon uh, that's just arrived in Malaysia. What are we looking at here, Daniel? Okay, first of all, pickup trucks, great market to play with right now because a lot of people are using it as a lifestyle vehicle for the last decade, I would say, you know. So all the current pickup truck manufacturers are all Japanese. Uh, of course, there's Ford, you know, but Ford is, uh, I would say, an ASEAN brand line, you know, right now for pickup trucks. So they've got uh, the, the only advantage in terms of being a non-Japanese brand. But what is impressive is, you know, Great Wall Motors is saying, instead of us bringing in our SUVs and our cars and everything else, of course, they got the Aura Good Cat, which was launched earlier. That's a full electric car doing well. But this is for their petrol division because they've got few divisions in Great Wall Motors. It's a huge company in China. For them to bring in a pickup truck, a little bit surprising because pickup truck market has been dominated by the current brands, Ford, Toyota especially. Mm. Uh, Mitsubishi, you know, they've been doing very well. you got Mazda BT-50 also. Um, in the previous years, a few Chinese manufacturers dipped their toes in this segment and they sort of failed. They didn't, they didn't last very long. Hmm. So, it's interesting that Great Wall wants to play in this market. Of course, with 500,000 pickup trucks already delivered around the world, especially in Africa and all, this vehicle is a two-liter vehicle running on an eight-speed gearbox. So, first of all, two-liter turbocharged diesel engine means Rotex is going to be a lot less. And then you're going to play with one of the most popular brands, which is Isuzu D-Max, right? Yeah. So, you've got 163 horsepower, 400 newton meters of torque. You've got seven airbags. You've got a lot of safety features. It's got everything hmm. that you would want in a pickup truck or maybe a lifestyle pickup truck because it's like an SUV. But are you willing to spend the indicated price, I'm saying indicated, not confirmed yet, 127,000 ringgit on a Chinese-made pickup truck? That is what I'm asking Malaysians. Because you have the, the Japanese and Ford in around that price range, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. How are they going to attract the attention of consumers in Malaysia? Yes, Great Wall Motors quality is there right now. They are a global player. Like I said, 500,000 units already delivered around the world. So the reliability factor and all that. Two-liter diesel could be the selling point because yep. that's something which a lot of people look at. But the others also have it. So I'm still trying to think, you know, how many can they sell to really make a dent in this segment? Yeah. But I wish them all the luck because you know why? They are very brave to do this. From what we hear, the first batch of 66 units are now open for booking in Malaysia. So you want to be the first 66 GWM Canon drivers out there head down to their sales office and make a booking and a test drive hopefully. Now, we have two new bikes in town and the first one is a scooter by Zontis Motorcycles. Uh, they've got a launch of 350cc scooters, uh, the 350D and the 350E. What are these Zontis scooters, Daniel? Okay, so first of all, this is a brand from China. 
Now, if you go into their website, Zontes website, uh, the local website, or the Chinese website, you'll see a whole range of motorcycles from scramblers to sports bikes to, you know, dual purpose bikes. Almost like they've taken what the rivals from Europe and Japan has, Yamaha and Honda and Suzuki has, and said, listen, we can do something equivalent, you know, mm. in terms of the segment. At a lower price. Right. So their price is all very attractive. But we won't go into that because now they've just launched a scooter. Now, they've come into this market because the scooter market is picking up in Malaysia. I think you've noticed that. I ride a scooter. Yeah. You know? And with with the Zontes 350D and 350E, quite packed with features, you know. You know, it's got a fuel-injected engine, uh, 36 horsepower, 38 newton meters of torque, CVT gearbox, digital dashboard and everything else. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a 6.7-inch TFT screen, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Uh, you can mirror your handphone into it, just like with a car. So, a lot of nice features, you know, and this is where China is coming in with the, with the digital dashes, you know. They, got, they can put a lot of tech into it, whether it's a car or whether it's a scooter. The little concern I have is the price. The starter model starts at 23800 and the top of the range 25800 That's a difference of about 2000 ringgit. Mm. Now, at that price range, you're already dipping your toes in the Japanese scooter market. Yamaha, Honda, Kawasaki, Suzuki, they all have scooters in this price range. Maybe slightly smaller, slightly slimmer, or maybe with slightly less power. But it is going to be difficult to convince a lot of people in this market over a Japanese brand simply because of long-term knowledge of the brand, okay? But if you go into some history of Zontes, they've not been around just yesterday. They've, they've been around for some time in China. They've been doing well in China. They've sold thousands of scooters over there. Reliability factor and all very good if you do the translation and read some of the reviews in China. Now, coming into Malaysia is good because we need more variety. Someone needs to play in this game it's a little bit of a risk right now, I think, you know? At the moment, our market is not so great, like, you know, our economy, right? But they've brought it in. They've brought in a full-spec model and a lower-spec model. Prices are, like I said, you're dipping your toes into the, the Japanese market. It'll be interesting to see what happens in the next few months. Will the take-up rate be as good as we think it'll be? Because they are saying they can do a 1,000 units in the next few months. To me, what's interesting uh, is technology that they've put on, you know, like the keyless control system for easy yes. starting. That's rarely available in scooters of this spec, I guess, the 350cc yes. and below. And charging ports, charging ports type A and type C, which might not be available in most scooters in this spec. I think it's worth a risk if you are thinking of, again, like the Great Wall Cannon, you want to be a bit different because they look really nice. Mm. If you look closely at the at the scooter, it's a very attractive scooter. If I don't tell you it's made in China, you would probably think it's a European brand. Yes, yes. I'm definitely drawn to the black colour Zontes 350E yes. here. Uh, so really... I'm hoping to get a test ride. And if I do get a test ride, I'll come and visit you at BFM. And then yes, maybe please. you can take it for a spin. Yes, please. Yes, please. It's automatic, right? Just start, accelerate, make sure you keep your hands on the brake to stop in time. That's awesome. Now, another new motorbike uh, in the local market, and this one is an iconic one. Uh, We have Yamaha's popular Y15ZR, dubbed as the Cup Chai King, and now it has a new special edition with new aero kits and also new colour options, also a safety disc lock and a new gold rims, Daniel. You know, Yamaha, the Y-Suku is just... You know, there's no need to advertise this. There's no need to talk about it. There's no need to even promote it, you know. The market is just ready to buy one. And Every time I happen to go into a bike shop, a 
regular bike shop. I just will ask, you know, do you have this model, this model, this model, just to check and see. And when I mentioned the YSO group, sorry, sold out, sold out, sold out, sold out. And if I say, okay, when's the next stock coming in? Oh, two months, three months. They'll get the bike. But you know, Yamaha, Hong Kong Yamaha, who produces the bike here, they're very, very uh, careful in terms of production uh, capacity. They don't want to overproduce and have the bike sitting somewhere. So they produce just nice to keep that little bit of, you know, demand, yet, you know, the little bit of waiting list. Hmm. And sadly, <laughs> that's another reason why this bike is high on the theft list. Ah, oh, that's unfortunate. Mm. Yes, because mm. if you talk to anybody who's riding this bike, they, they're always worried about theft. They, they worry if they park it somewhere, someone's just going to cut it away. Mm. That's the popularity. La. That's sad, you know. Yeah, and you know, it first came out in 2015. It became the iconic Cup Chai bike. But what prices are we talking about here compared okay, to the it, regular one? Yeah, it's just a few hundred ringgit more. 9,490 ringgit, not that much. And you know, end of the day, you're still getting a Yamaha uh, you've got a 150cc engine, you know, it's got 13.8 newton meters of torque, electric starter, you know, five-speed uh, transmission. I mean, it's got everything which the, 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 the bikers want. Mm. Now, of course, a lot of people will say, oh, that, that, that price increase of about, about a thousand ringgit might make a difference. But when you're taking a loan, you know, a loan Kadai or, mm. or a Aon loan or whatever, I think it's no problem. Like. Nobody's going to question the, the, the issue here. They'll just want the bike. As we mentioned, the new Aero Kit uh, gives it a more sporty look, consisting of a mm. single visor piece, got two air scoop pieces as well at the front, and two more scoop pieces at the rear. Mm. If you know you're a fan of the Waisuku, they've got a new model, a special edition. Uh, you should go check it out. We're going to jump on to some global headlines as well, um, as this week Mahindra, the Indian car makers, previewed their latest pickup truck concept at the Futurescapes event in Cape Town, and this uh, is a new generation Mahindra pickup. Um, we don't know if we're going to get it here though, Daniel. Well, Mahindra used to be in Malaysia more than a decade ago. Then they slowly faded away. You know, just like the the older Chinese uh, vehicles that came into Malaysia more than a decade ago, they were never really that good in terms of quality, design, features, after sales. So they, they needed to be, you know, re- retooled, re- reignited. Mm. And China has done a great job with all their brands. Now, we have the same thing happening with the Indian brands. Um, you know, the, the Tata vehicles used to be so, you know, Jurassic. Now you see the new Tata vehicles coming out of India. They're fantastic. But they're not here in Malaysia. Mm. Now, Mahindra, same thing. Not, not in Malaysia yet. So I'm thinking, you know, hopefully with, with our radio show, enough business people listen to the show. Go talk to Mahindra in India. Bring back the brand here, you know? Hmm. And Mahindra and Mahindra, they've been selling their vehicles very well even in Africa and some parts of South America and all that. So they've got a global market presence. This pickup truck, they've called it a concept. It's called pick-up, you know, the new gen pick-up. Right. So I think, I think this is something that is not really a concept. It's actually ready to go into production. Now, it uses a 2.2-litre turbocharged diesel engine, 172 horsepower. That's quite a lot. 400 newton meters of torque, which is exactly same as what the GWM um, uh, Canon has. Uh, paired to a six-speed manual or six-speed automatic gearbox now. Manual, you know, they should bring in also because you have the farmers who need it, the, the estate people who need it. Yep. Uh, automatic gearbox for the city dwellers. Now, I look at this. You look at the pictures. This is definitely going to be also a lifestyle pickup truck. Let's wait and see if anybody listens to our show and, and decides that, you know, it's worth to take a look. Because I think coming from India also, they'll get some tax concession and also the price will be very oh. attractive. Hmm. But can the brand survive? That's another question because the market is not that big. 
So that's a new Mahindra pickup truck that's out in the global markets. Last piece of news before we go for a quick break. EV launch, uh, yes. not not a local EV launch. This one is a Chinese EV launch. Voya launched an SUV called the Voya Free Extended Range. It's a mid-sized SUV. It makes 490 horsepower, uh, you know, 0 to 100 in 4.8 seconds. It looks kind of like a lot of other EVs out there in the market. Now, right. now it's called Free, F-R-E. It's not free of charge. <laughs> A lot of people think, hey, there's a free Voya out there. Let's so walk Voya into is, their showroom. So Voya is a Chinese brand. They haven't come to this part of the world yet because there's no right-hand drive. But there was rumours that they were starting to build a right-hand drive version for export markets. So that means if they go right-hand drive, there's a very good chance it'll come to Malaysia because now with the, with the tax-free status. And you know, for Chinese manufacturers to move from left to right-hand drive are very fast. You know, They can do it in a few months. Right. So... Let's look at the figures. 490 horsepower, like you said. But the driving range, which they say, is 1,211. Whoa. That's an amazing driving range. And you know, I'm asking this question. Why so precise? One, two, one, one kilometers. They could have just said 1,200, you know? Yeah. So I think realistically, realistically, maybe 1,000 kilometers, you know, or so. Hmm. But still, at a thousand kilometers for an SUV-sized uh, electric car, I think this is a little bit of a game changer depending on the price. Now, the price in China starts at 36,000 US. Now, if you compare that, you know, hmm. with what is being sold right here, that means you're looking at about 190, 200,000 ringgit, you know, and you get a thousand kilometers or more of driving range. So that's too good to be true, lah. You know, very hard to say whether they can really keep to this price or not. Because you know, there's a lot of uh, EV companies, also EV producers in China, that are also shutting down because they are not able to follow through with their promises. You know, right? We park it under yet another excellent-looking Chinese EV that we might or might not get. And if we do, looks, looks almost like a BMW. It does. Also, I guess um, in. The, the range and the popular sort of size and also powertrain of many other EVs that we have here, you Correct. know, the Kias and even the BMWs and the Mercedes. Um, but yeah, so that's the Voya Free extended range mid-size SUV out there in China and let's hope we can get it here. That neatly rounds up our news headlines for this week. We're going to come back with some discussion about premium EVs and the SUV size that you might want to check out right here on Cruise Control BFM 89.9. FM 89.9 is Cruise Control. Thanks for sticking with us. I'm Ali Johan tonight with Daniel Fernandez from DSF.my. And now uh, a quick discussion on premium electric SUVs that you might want to check out uh, because uh, we were first thinking about the Lexus RX 500 F Sport, Daniel. Right. So when you were not around, me and Richard spoke about the launch of the RX 500 uh, hybrid. Okay. Mm, mm, mm. Now, that vehicle has come into the market, a uh, very attractive price. Um, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's, what I'll say is it's like a lone warrior, lah, you know? Mm. Because everybody else, its competitors are going into uh, electric vehicles. So, it's priced just below 500000 So, when we looked at the price, we said, hey, 500000 that's with duty paid, you know? Because hybrids don't have a duty exemption. Correct. 
and Lexus is always fully imported from Japan. So you don't get any kind of incentive or anything because it can't, it can't be local assembled because, they, you know, they're very strict about that one factory which it comes from in Japan. So looking at the price of just below 500000 with duty paid, we realize that the direct rivals are all electric vehicles without any duty because now we have the exemption until end of next year in Malaysia yeah. for electric vehicles and uh, the prices are very close. So we thought we'll do a little article to give people an insight because there are enough people out there wanting to buy an electric car simply because it's duty-free and this is the the, the upper middle class and the rich. Mm. Okay, mm-hmm. We're not talking about the lower level electric cars, we're talking about the premium electric cars. Now a lot of them just jump in and run in and buy these electric cars but then they come back and start complaining about charging infrastructure. They have to wait when they charge. Because a lot of these people are not, how would you say that? They're not patient to wait for the car to be charged, even if it's a DC fast charger. Mm. Because you'll take about 45 minutes to charge, a full charge. And then you have to go to the charger, you have to you know, do whatever you need to do. And then later you've got to unplug it. And then there's also the thing about how to pay and who to pay because there's so many charging uh, variations and in, 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 uh, providers. Now, when it comes to petrol-driven cars, it's very straightforward. You go to the petrol station, you fill up 10 minutes, 5 minutes, uh, buy yourself a drink or whatever and you can go. Um, but it's not like that with electric cars. Mm. And when you want to go out station, there's a huge issue with, you know, where am I going to charge? Will there be a, a charging station available? Will the charging station uh, be, be working? You know, because some of them are not even working sometimes when you go out station. That's true. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, what did we do? We looked at the direct competitors and some of the direct competitors are as follows. You start with the BMW iX. Now, the BMW iX, very popular, been selling for the last two years. Boom. You see it everywhere. You see it outside private schools, shopping malls, in the heart of the city because, you know, male, female drivers, you both see them. Now, the iX X-Drive 40 was the first model to come. 419,000. It delivered about 500 horsepower. 0 to 100 in 5 seconds. Mm. Now, that is already a very popular model. But then came, very recently, the iX X-Drive 50M Sport, which is 546,000 ringgit. Now, of course, it's got more power. 523 horsepower. 0 to 100 in 4.6 seconds. But it's 546,000. So I'm thinking, if you're looking at 546,000 for a full electric SUV, duty-free, why aren't you looking at the Lexus with duty paid? It's below that. Mm-hmm. And you can drive it anywhere around the country. You don't have to worry about charging station because why? It's a 2.4 turbo hybrid. Yep. Okay? So that's one option. The other option is the Mercedes EQC 404 Matic. Another vehicle has been around for a couple of years. But this one has got quite a reasonable price, 390000 So that's about 108000 cheaper than the Lexus. So you might consider the EQC as a viable premium luxury SUV. I can save that kind of money. It's got 400 horsepower, 760 newton meters, very powerful. It'll do the 0 to 100 in 5.1 seconds. Again, you know, it's, it's you know, 5.1, 4.6, it's yep. about the same. Yeah, you know? it's all a blur. Yes, and it'll give you about 430 uh, kilometers of driving range. Then you have the most uh, recent launch from Audi. Now, Audi brought in a whole range of Q8 e-tron SUVs, which are all electric. Now, we look at the higher spec. Now, the prices, of course, range from 369000 to 475000 So let's go to the higher spec because the higher spec is the one that has the, the features that is closest to this Lexus. Now, that is the Q8 S-Line 55 Quattro. 
It does 664 newton meters of torque, 408 horsepower, 0 to 105.6 seconds. So it's about 20 odd thousand lower than the Lexus. But, I have to say a but here, it's a full electric car. So again, you have to decide whether you're, you're willing to pay the same price for a full electric car, which you have no option for petrol yep. to power it, or you buy the Lexus with a petrol-driven engine and it's got a hybrid power plant to push you along. So I'm just giving the option for people. Now, if you want to know what are the figures for all the vehicles, you can go to DSF. We have all the figures written out there. It's all very clear and everything else. Now, whether you say, you know, I'm being a bit silly to compare a hybrid with a full electric car, please understand, this is not to compare power delivery or driving distance. This is to compare the price for almost the same price in that segment you can be driving a petrol-fed hybrid vehicle which you don't have to worry about charging. This is for people who always come and complain about charging, you know? Mm, right. So I'm giving you the option of looking at the Lexus. Now, there are other options in the market from the same brands, but this is the latest product from Lexus. Which would you go for? I can't have the option of having 10 cars in the house like some people. <laughs> so... I would prefer to get the Lexus Hybrid simply because in an emergency, if I need to go to Alostar for some reason, I can get into my car and just drive because I can fuel up along the way. I don't have to worry. I don't have to plan for my charging. And during the peak season weekends, I don't have to worry about the charging stations being taken up by other electric car drivers. Yes, the, the charging stations are coming up. The infrastructure is building up. You have hotels and everything else that are putting up the charging stations along the way. But I don't want to be controlled about where I need to go to get my, my, my juice. You know what I mean? Right. If I'm running a petrol-driven car, I can still go wherever I want. And I'm a luxury car driver. If I'm a luxury car driver, I can be a little bit snobbish about, you know, why do I need to wait here, you know? Yeah, I guess so. And I mean, let's put our luxury hat on. You know, right. we're comparing all of these car models based on their price. But right. in terms of luxury... For the price that you pay, which one gives you the most luxury, I guess? From what I've felt and touched and, mm. and test-driven, I think the BMW iX X-Drive 50 is, is very luxurious. Great features and all. But, you know, never discount a Lexus. Never discount a Lexus. Mm. Because A, it comes from only one factory in the world. That's in Japan. Quality is not compromised. Sound system, Mark Levinson. Um, you know, paint finish is superb. You talk to Lexus owners, Reliability factor is super high mm. globally, you know. Hardly hear any complaints from Lexus owners simply because the cars are built so well. Um, you got that, you know, whole uh, back-end Toyota reliability factor there, you know. Right. And resale values will always be strong. So still the Lexus, I guess. At the end of the day, uh, regardless of the engine, uh, whether it's an electric engine or petrol with a hybrid capability, uh, we just did a comparison piece there between um, the Lexus RX 500 Hybrid F-Sport, the latest uh, Lexus SUV with uh, a few full electric models. Yeah, um, And you can decide which suits you best with your budget and also your demand for luxury. We're going to come back with a review of one of the cars that we were talking about earlier, the new iX X-Drive 50 by BMW right here on Cruise Control, BFM 89.9, the business station. BFM 
BFM 89.9 is Cruise Control. Thanks for sticking with us. It's Ali and Daniel tonight. And we're down to our final part of the program where we'll give you a review of um, the new BMW iX xDrive 50. And Daniel, you were in Shalam driving this electric SUV. Now, how you do you know I was in Shalom? Ah, the photos tell the story, man. Yeah, because the photos <laughs> are taken in Shalom. Okay, X, X Drive 50, this is uh, something that was launched a few months ago. We just got it uh, for test drive. Some people will say, oh, why, why so late? Simply because of sales. BMW has been doing very good sales with the iX series. Now, two years ago when they launched the uh, X Drive 40, the, the, the lower variant. Right. Sold out very fast. Demand was just rising and rising and rising. As as many cars as they could bring in, they could sell. You know, there was no there was no waiting um, for customers. So why? Because it was just four hundred plus thousand. And at that time, you know, there was a big push to get electric cars. And for for electric SUVs, uh, premium segment, this was a very good price. And of course, you know, being a BMW, it you know, it, it has its following mm. It's a large vehicle. It's very imposing. And from certain angles, you might actually think it's a large station wagon, not really an SUV. Right. Uh, because it sits low to the ground, it's got huge wheels. And uh, I think it's more like a, a real big, powerful wagon. But anyway, it's an SUV. Now, comparatively, you've got the, the X5 and X7 to play with in this segment. But BMW is saying, this is our electric version. Let's... Um, you know, take advantage of the full el- uh, the electric tax concession and then sell as many as possible. So now comes the X Drive 50, which we're test driving. Um, 22 inch wheels looks fantastic. That is this huge. Is the, yeah. So this is the M Sport version. Now, the first thing you realize about the M Sport version is you got to open the door to confirm it's an M Sport. And I'll say why. The moment you open the door, you'll notice that the shell is made out of carbon fiber. It's supposed to be lighter to take the battery weight, and give you more performance. Carbon fiber also means it's more expensive to produce. Mm. Okay? So that's one great feature. This is a real, I would say, um, uh, bragging point. Like, you know, when you when you meet friends and you open the door, because you, you don't see the carbon fiber on the outside. Only when you open inside the door sill, you'll see the carbon fiber material, the weave, and then you say, hey, carbon fiber, dude, is like a supercar, you know? <laughs> now get inside the car, and it's it's got one fantastic feature which I want to mention. A lot of people will not notice it immediately. Yeah, it's got a lot of technology and everything else. The one great feature is I'm not a tall person and when I sit in the driver's seat, because the dashboard is actually low, the dashboard sits very low compared to some other SUVs, Mm -hmm. I get a fantastic view forward. I don't have to raise my seat very high. So then of course you have the curved front instrument cluster which looks like one big curved screen, but it's actually a few screens. A lot of things can be done with it. All your functions, all your, your features, everything is in there. Beautiful color, beautiful presentation, soft touch. It's just lovely to look at. The only thing is, it gets a bit distracting if you start playing with it. Aha, uh-huh. okay. Because there's a lot of features. Mm. Now, between this model and the earlier mentioned X Drive 40, the price premium is about 120000 So, if you're in this segment, you already have money. I don't think many people will be looking at the 40 anymore. They'll come and say, I'll get the 50. Because 120000 for them is not going to shake their, their, their bank balance, you know? Yeah. And the amount of extra features you get, the amount of extra power you get, plus those 22-inch wheels, you know, the carbon fiber shell, it just makes it all worthwhile, you know? Once you're inside, like I said, you've got very good viewing, you've got nice instrument cluster. You also have BMW Iconic Sounds Electric. That means you've got all kinds of 
sound features to entertain you while you drive. Now, that's all great. Uh, you can go into it. You've got four-zone uh, air conditioning system. For your audio entertainment, that means you want to pair your phone and listen to music, you've got Harman Kardon surround sound system, Whew. which is fantastic simply because you're already in a well-insulated cabin, plus you've got electric powertrain, which means you don't have a lot of engine noise coming in. You just have that electric motor humming, you know? Mm. So when you listen to your Harman Kardon, if you're listening to your favorite tunes, it sounds really good, okay? Now, driving it, because it's the 50M Sport, you get 523 horsepower. Ooh. Acceleration is an insane 4.6 seconds. Wow. Now, try and imagine, this is a 2.5-ton vehicle. Mm. Slightly lighter than a Rolls-Royce, you know? So right. it's a big vehicle, it's heavy, and yet it does 4.6 seconds. You, you know, you must collect your senses before you want to do a hard acceleration. Mm. It's not a sports car, but it goes like a sports car. Now... 765 newton meters of torque. I told you the horsepower is for 523, but 765 newton meters of torque means the mid-range acceleration is also very, very quick. You get up to speed very fast. Top speed is limited to 200 kilometers an hour. I can understand a lot of people getting into this vehicle, people who are not accustomed to this kind of speed and acceleration, making a few mistakes if they're not careful, you know? Mm. Now, you've got a big battery pack. 111.5 kilowatts, which allows you a possible 630 kilometers of driving range. That's quite a lot. So you can actually get from here to Johor easily without charging along the way. You can get from here to Alostar without charging along the way. So that is the good news for someone who wants a vehicle like this, who wants to go charging. Now, it doesn't want to go charging very often. Yeah. Now, if you need to charge, this battery with the, with the DC fast charger will take about, for 80%, will take about... 35 minutes to 45 minutes. Now, if you're doing a normal charge, that means you're charging at home or a wall box or whatever, zero to 100% battery charging takes about 10 hours and 45 minutes, which is about 11 hours, you know? So you can easily do it on a weekend overnight or whatever. Right. So you got this fantastic BMW, great features, great tech, very fast at 546,000 ringgit. Hmm. Um, right. What did you feel like it was lacking or was there anything that you didn't like about it? Well, I'm not taken completely by the front look of the vehicle. I mean, I know a lot of people were, were commenting on the on the look two years ago when they showed it. The IX um, grill, you mean? Yeah, because there's no real grill. It's, yeah. It's, you know, that's because it's an electric vehicle and, and BMW wanted to keep that, that, that whole BMW look by coming up with this fake grill work. Yeah. I'm not totally taken by it. But I like the rear of it. I like the rear. I like the side profile. You know, I think the 22-inch wheels are great. They look fantastic. But, you know, when it's, when it's, when it's time to change those wheels, <laughs> you know, those tires, is not going to be cheap. On top of that, you know, when you're riding on 22-inch wheels on our roads, which you do have exposed manhole covers, sunken manhole covers, speed bumps and everything else, you do feel the thuds. And, you know, I think those wheels are not going to last a long time on our city roads. So that could be another cost. But again, I am not in this, you know, income circle <laughs> to own this vehicle. The yeah. people who are in the income circle will say, I have a small problem, la, you know? Yeah, to me, it's interesting that you said, and from the photos, it shows that it sits kind of low and it sort of brings back the wagon look, which we were just talking about a couple of weeks ago about yes. how most companies are moving away from the wagon shape and look. Is it lower than the iX Drive X Drive Forty? I think it is. Well, it's it's lower than the BMW SUVs that are on sale, like X5. the X5, the X7, and the X3. Right. So, even though it's it's called the SAV Sports Activity Vehicle, 
electric cars are all having this look, you know, whether it's it's the Korean brands or the German brands or mm. even the American brands. I still think it looks more like a large station wagon, sports wagon rather than an SUV. Talk to me about the rear space. Plenty of space in the back. It's a five-seater, but I tell you, the space in the back, as you can see with the pictures, there's mm. lots of legroom. Richard can sit in front mm. and someone as tall as him can sit at the back. Three of them can sit because it's wide. So even if you have a nasi kanda belly like me, three fillers can sit <laughs> at the back, no problem. So with its price now, it's, uh, it's about 546,800 ringgit. Competitors there in that price range. Actually, the competitors we mentioned earlier in our in our, in our explanation about the the hybrid, the Lexus hybrid. Mm-hmm. So you have the Mercedes EQC, you got the the, the Audi e, Q8 e-tron. Um, basically, you got other BMWs also in that range because you got the X5 and the X7 and all that. But with this kind of price, five hundred forty-six thousand, I don't think people will be looking elsewhere. Mm. Maybe, maybe they'll be looking against uh, a sedan, electric sedan like the EQS from Mercedes-Benz, you know? Right. Because the range is also about the same, the driving range. But, you know, I think someone who wants to buy a BMW will always buy a BMW. You can't really pull them away. If you think about uh, driving range, most people are not really concerned. They might say they're concerned, but 500 to 600 kilometers of driving range on an electric vehicle is already pretty good, you know? That is good. That is good. And it charges fast as well um, with a big battery. So it's pretty much in its own league, I guess, this X-Drive X50. Yes, yes. X50, yes. Um, if, you compare, if you compare with the X-Drive 40, the earlier model, then there's a lot of rivals out there because the price is 100,000 less. Hmm. Um, so verdict then? Yes, no? Well, if you got the money, I would say this, like, go and test drive it. And I, I think after you feel that acceleration and mid-range stalker, if you got the money, you'll not think twice about buying it. Ooh, there we have it. So that's Daniel's impressions of the BMW iX X-Drive 50M Sport and I think that neatly rounds up our episode for tonight's edition of Cruise Control if you miss any part of the show you can check back the podcast which you can get on our website bfm.my or the BFM app available for free on the Apple App Store and Google Play that's all we have for this week same time next week I'm Ali Johan together with Daniel Fernandez this has been Cruise Control BFM 89.9 The Business Station listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.